Hey you damn guys, welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas and I'm here with... I'm Danielle. And I'm Wes. Yay, it's Danielle and Wes. And read some comics. Yeah, this is our Book Club podcast. We're reading comics, we're talking to our friends, and now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Ah, I'll tell you all about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to decide that we're going to read something and then we'll tell you what we're going to read and you're going to read it and we're going to read it. And then we're going to talk about what we read and you're going to listen to us talking about what we read. And then you're going to talk about <laughs> what we talked about when we talked about what we read. That's a hey, damn guys, you're going to send us an email or you're going to go on social media and send us a message yes. that way. However, that works. And uh, then we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read. And that's a book club and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Friendship. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You didn't throw it to Wes that time. You usually do whenever he's on there. You <laughs> make him do it. Well, you know, <laughs> I felt I felt like being magnanimous today. Oh, okay. That's yeah. very nice. That's very nice. You do it so uh, much better. It's better when you do it. <laughs> I have some shouts outs for this week. Shouts outs. I wanted to shout out Matt Strackbine, the letter hack. Matt Strackbine. Book club member. That's yes. right. Recently, you know, if you follow us for the Hellboy book club, he's been doing some online comics that kind of okay. relate to okay. what's going on. Uh, it's funny that we have you on, Wes. Did you see the some of the latest comics that he's done, the incorporating Mark Tweedo and stuff oh, like that? Right. I saw no, the Mark, yeah. yeah, I saw the Mark Tweedo one, yeah. So, you showed me those. Are you and um, Andrew Craddock also in there in the background, right? <laughs> was that us in the background? I think so. I was curious who it was. I was like, I don't know who those other guys are. That's sweet if it's I us. I'll was be, you. I'll, I'll, Is that you? I'm ex- if that's me, I'm super excited about it. I think so because uh, it looked like y'all and then y'all were with him at Heroes Con together. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I think it's totally Anyway, anyway that's really up. good. That's super cute. That's super cute. Those were great. You did show me those. Those are great. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah. And we'll talk about them next week, too, over at the Hellboy Book Club. But I just want to shout out Matt for doing those. It's always so much fun when those come up. Those are awesome. <laughs> I really love good. the lore. I love the yes. book club members lore. It's really good. It's been a lot of fun. So this thank you so, so much, sweet. Matt. It's I love really good. These. I love these. All right. Yeah, so make sure to follow Matt. He's done some great work for us. Uh, in addition to the comics, he did our social media banner on our website. So... All that stuff is really great. Thank you so much, Matt. Make sure to check him out. Every yes, thank uh, you. every Monday, he's got a live stream going on. So we link it in the show notes. Awesome. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Listener feedback. That's pretty good. Yeah. From the feedback. From the feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along yeah no i didn't mention it we usually have aubrey on aubrey you know he wasn't feeling good this week and he needed he kind of needed the week off he's not feeling good yeah he had a bunch of stuff going on so i was like yeah man i was like yeah just go ahead and relax just kick back take a take an early night and relax so he's all good he'll be back next week Take five we said yeah take five aubrey yeah a five of what? Five. Um, five days. Five days. There back. you go. Yeah. Five days and come back. <laughs> we heard from. He did my boss a solid, which was great. My boss was like, hey, where can I get something printed? And I was like, look, Aubrey will help you with this. Oh, OK. And so he showed up and he was looking around. I did not describe Aubrey to him. OK. And he saw a guy in an invincible shirt. <laughs> this is the story he told me he said i saw a person a tall man in an invincible shirt it looks like a comic book it said invincibles and i was like i bet that's aubrey <laughs> and he went up to him and he goes 
are you Aubrey? And Aubrey was like, yes, I am. And he goes, I thought you might be because of your shirt. And he said, <laughs> John gave me this shirt. Yes, I did. And so he that. was like, so, so they figured out who each, he goes, you must be Danielle's boss. And he was like, you must be Danielle's friend, Aubrey, because of this comic book shirt. So that's great. Book club members. I love that. Take story. note. <laughs> Buy more and wear more comic book shirts. Yes. My, my boss knows enough about me to know that if you spot a nerd, <laughs> I'm probably friends with that yeah, nerd. Yeah. Awesome. Great job. I love that story. Um, so we're getting to our listener feedback here. We heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. That's true. Yes. So we were talking about um Aubrey was asking for recommendations. Remember for like a YA kind of nine, ten yeah, year old. Yeah. Someone who loves salt magic, <laughs> yeah. which is a book that we've Salt covered. Magic adjacent. Yes, exactly. Uh Drew said not comics, but my 10-year-old loves the Warrior book series. Okay. I've been enjoying them, too. It's about clans of wild cats, and there's some mm. pretty complex but age-appropriate political and spiritual themes. There's a lot of books, mostly grouped into six-book story arcs. We've read the first two arcs and probably started the third soon. Probably think there's some manga volumes as well. Fun. Okay, cool. That's a great recommendation. Yeah, and uh, I forgot to say, um, so we did have some feedback for our All-Star Superman discussion that we've been having weekly. Did we? Yes, but we're taking a break from All-Star Superman for a couple weeks, and then we're going to come back to it in two weeks, um, because next week we're going to be at the Hellboy Book Club. But, I want to uh, hear the feedback, though. Yeah, so we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to save the feedback ah, for boo. when we come back to talk about more Superman stuff. All right. Okay, so that'll okay. be that. Okay, you better not forget. Believe me. It's in a file. Yes, it's okay. in a file. All right. It's been filed away. All right. To the next week's okay. episode. Okay, right. It's been filed away to the future. You like oh, that? Great. Yeah. What do you think about that, Wes? I think it's great. File it away to the future. It's <laughs> like a time like capsule. Mm. We also heard from Mark Tweedo. Mark Tweedo. Book club member. You got yes. that right. Yeah, this is exciting. Uh, so this is kind of a surprise. I, Aubrey was going to be out, so I sent a line out to Mark Tweedo and Mark Tweedo, book club member. That's right. Yes, he was able to join us. Here so. he is. Here's Mark. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark. Um, I was about to get into your uh, listener feedback on um, the recommendations. Which one? Oh, that one. Right. Yes. Oh, okay, the avalanche. <laughs> You said recommend the avalanche. Uh, you said recommendations for my nine-year-old girl that likes salt magic. This is my bat signal moment. Okay. And then it said um, thirteen replies or something like that below. Awesome. So, uh, but I did want to go through these. The Lightfall series. First two books are available now, and the third on the way. Also, Tim Probert is nominated for best newcomer at this year's Eisner Awards. Oh wow! Yeah, those look really great. They really are. They're just a great adventure series. Excellent. A lot of these are going to be adventure series. Hope Larson and Rebecca Mock do good comics. Obviously, uh, from Salt Magic, you sent a picture of Compass South and Knife's Edge. Squire is wonderful. Can't recommend it enough. That's one by Sarah Alphagi and Nadia Shamas. Yeah, um, uh, I was recommending that book a lot last year. I really loved it. I ended up writing up a whole thing about how fantastic the lettering was in it. Awesome. Love good lettering. You also mentioned the Nameless City Trilogy by Faith Aaron Hicks. Yeah, I do all that series. You also said you may know Marjorie Lou for her extremely not for kids series Monstrous, but let me assure you she writes fantastic kids comics too. Wing Bear is out now and Wingborn arrives later this year. Mm. That looks awesome. Yeah, this is this is the problem with this list. It's just a list of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, like picking down just, you know, one or two is quite difficult. Ethan M. Aldridge, A Strange Series is complete, only two books. And you also recommended The Legend of Brightblade, also by Ethan M. Aldridge. That's a very new one that only came out, I think, in the last year. You also mentioned Cat's Cradle by Joe Ryu. Yeah. The first in a trilogy, the second book came out just this month. The main character is an orphan street urchin that wants to train magical creatures. I got excited about this one. From Cal McDonald and Tyler Crook, a book that earned them an Eisner nomination, The Stone King. That looks amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's one I'm, I'm giving to my niece for her birthday. Oh, okay, cool. And then the last one is historical fiction, a little different, at least 400 pages. It's nearly substantial story, too. I feel not enough people know about this one. It's called The Queen of the Sea by Dylan McConus. And then there's a sequel in the works, too, The Prince of the City. I kind of grabbed, like, all the books that were nearby me and was like, eee, these are the books <laughs> I love. And then, like, you know, there was a part of my brain that was going, oh, there's all these other ones, though, that I have only digitally. I was like, no, you need to stop. <laughs> that's awesome well no, i know aubrey definitely appreciate the recommendations and i'm sure our listeners will too that's awesome thank you so much mark it's so great to have you on the show so what's going on how what, what have you been up to um i've actually been busy at work so i haven't actually been doing a lot like i literally have haven't even been able to catch up on like just watching the shows i like to watch so yeah. We're done with our listener feedback. We're about to get into our next section. What do you see? What do you say? Yeah, I'd love to know what you're seeing and what you're what saying, are you Mark. What are, you or, saying? what are the shows you want to catch up on? Oh, God. I, I see. Um, I haven't been on Netflix since like November last year. So pretty much everything that's come out that I was interested in, you know, seven months of time. Yeah, I have no idea. I've, I'd have to check my list to actually find out. I know it's long. I'm really interested in uh, like Tyler Crook does live videos at the moment where he draws every Saturday. Oh, oh, sorry, every Friday evening for you guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and that's really cool to see. Um, I always like watching him draw and just talking nerdily. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's very relaxing, too, to just kind of watch that. Yeah, it really is. He has a, a section often at the end because he works with watercolor where he peels the tape off the edge that, you know, keep his nice clean edges. Oh, and, I love know, doing that. It's so yeah, satisfying. It's, yeah. it's a popular segment. It's so great. <laughs> I didn't realize I should be filming that when right, I do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, sometimes I see it in his Instagram stories. He'll just post that. Oh, just the part yeah. where he's put off the I tape. I guess I it's, should be recording yeah, it when I do that. Story. It's yeah, very you can satisfying. see it in the chat when he starts doing that. Everyone starts screaming, the tape, the tape. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't that's realize awesome. everyone felt that way because I feel that way. That's one of so those like great. oddly satisfying. It's things, not odd. Maybe. There's nothing odd about it. Yeah. It's very satisfying. It's, yeah, yeah. Satisfying. You can absolutely see why. Yeah. What about you, Wes? Or is there anything that you've been checking out recently? Oh, geez. I forgot about this part of the episode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I recently read Folklords. I really like that. Oh, by oh. Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah, by Matt. Yeah, by yeah, Matt Kint and Matt Smith. And I got Matt. Matt I met Matt Kint and I got him to sign it. At, at oh, Comic Con, his oh, his yeah. stand was the best, coolest stand of all the of all the artist <laughs> stands there. It was crazy. Yeah, how was that? Because, like, you know, you, you went with the letter hack. Yeah, the letter yes. hack. That's yeah, right. And then you also met up with book club member Andrew Craddock as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I meant to yeah, ask we you. Yeah, went out to dinner. That, oh, Aww. really? That's really sweet. I was like, uh, hey, Matt, get me a picture of the boys. I, I got to get Aww. a picture of the boys. He <laughs> sent me a great picture of you guys. You had a really cool jacket on, too. I was like, man, look at Wes. He looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, like episode episode three of the Hellboy Book Club, I sent you pictures of that jacket. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool jacket. Give me a report. Uh, Any memorable moments that you want to highlight? What was it like hanging out with Matt? He's great, right? Yeah, he was everything that I thought he was going to be. He was great. He's super cool and chill. (laughs) I mean, like both of them were super patient with me because I got I had my two year old with me and my wife. And I'm trying to also get a bunch of things signed by various artists and writers. But yeah, Matt was super awesome. So was Andrew. Yeah, he like Q&A'd um, Jesse Lonergan for like his – we talked to Jesse for like 40 minutes, maybe more than that. I don't even know. And wow. all of Matt's questions were so great. Um, so I don't <laughs> know. It was, it was cool. I'll have, to have Matt tell you about everything. Yeah, but, we're going to have Matt on the – we're going to have Matt on soon. So maybe we yeah. can talk about that. That's great. Yeah, he literally Q&A'd Jesse Lonergan forever. <laughs> And Jesse just like took it. He was like, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, hey, open invitation. You got to get on uh, book club member comics or Hellboy book club. Oh, nice. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. When when Miss Truesdale is over, we can do that. That that would be amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And then I got a page from Miss Truesdale. I I wanted to get a page from Miss Truesdale. So I picked one up from Jesse. What? From which issue? Issue two? Issue two. Yeah. There was no issue one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, someone sold like bought the entire issue. The one. entire thing. Yeah, yeah, I wonder who. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. wonder. Who. I, wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but um, I have to know what page. What page? Um. Wait, no. Well, I haven't. I haven't. I actually oh, haven't right, read issue two. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Actually, I haven't had a coffee yet. This was kind of unfortunate. Th- this the, is a frustrating thing that happened. Yeah, I, I went to my my comic book store and I picked up my books and issue two wasn't there. And then oh. when and I didn't realize it until I got home and I was like, dang it. And so I called up there and they were like, oh, all of our issue, t- all the issue twos that we got were damaged. Hmm. So they had one. They had one sent from another store, but I haven't gotten it yet. And I haven't it's gone to go pick it up thing. yet. And it's just like, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's been a, a whole thing trying to get this <laughs> yeah. issue. Anyway, so I, I read issue one. I haven't read issue two yet, but and. Uh, it wasn't also, their fault. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't yet. their fault. But yeah. I do want to know what page you got as well. I'm sorry, Mark, to, we'll to cut to that out. But I'm just like, I'll, uh, I'll no wait spoilers. Until you get, I'll tell. Him, I'll send Mark a DM. I'll DM Mark. There okay. you go. That would be perfect. That would be. Perfect. But so I was there with Matt, right? And Matt gets his issue shipped, so he hadn't read it yet either. Issue two was there. And Matt hadn't read issue two, and I couldn't even get his opinion on what page to get. Because oh, so I was like, I was like, so I got oh, no. Jesse's opinion. I was like, Jesse, which one would you get? And he was like, I don't know. I love them all. And I was like, all right, that's not helpful. <laughs> if I hadn't just bought a Ben Stenbeck page, I would have probably bought a page from that sure. issue. The Stenbeck page that you got is awesome. It was such a. I know. I, I really so, um, uh, like, Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I really do know. I keep getting told because um. Uh, I took it to the framer and the framer was like, like he hasn't read Koshe, um, but he recognized Ben Stenbeck's work. Like he's like, oh. this is that New Zealand artist, isn't it? And like oh, um, wow. kind of had this moment where he's like, I'll get to work in a bit. We're just going to look at it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll do that too. I'm just like, look, listen, I know that we need to frame this, but I just want to kind of uh stare at it and ask you how you got this right like what yeah i have a i have a, a customer that comes in and he specifically only ever frames uh original pages of comic book art and it's super fun but it's also like how did you get this when well, he gets a lot of original art <laughs> too, gets... like commissions or whatever yeah wow. yeah it's super good 
That's awesome. Yeah, actually, I hope you appreciate uh, me being here because I was actually on the way to go pick up the framed uh, picture when. <gasps> oh, I got oh wow, wow! That is some serious restraint and a huge sacrifice. And yeah, I really, so sincerely I appreciate, appreciate you being here. We really appreciate you being here. This is great. That's all right. I'll pick it up this afternoon. What page did you get, Mark? I'm I'm looking for it here. Did you post it? It's it's Koshay Hell. And it's it's in the fourth issue, and it's a really major turning point. Like literally, it's a page where yeah. when I turned and saw it, I physically got goosebumps. Oh, okay. I don't Danielle, think you guys have covered Koshin no, Hell yet. Danielle yeah, wouldn't know it. Uh, like I haven't had that, my morning coffee, so you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit blunt. Okay. Well, we'll have to come back to that when we cover that issue. But I, I've read it, so I'll just fi- I'll find it on your social media or whatever. You can send it to me. That would be great. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Everyone's getting some cool stuff. And then um, I got to thank you also, Wes, because you picked up some Mark, Mark Laszlo stuff for me. Uh, um, I did, while I yeah. Was there. Yeah, so I had a, an Abe commissioned by Mark, and so Wes picked that up and some other goodies from Mark. So uh, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it should be on the way. I had to separate the books from the artwork. Oh, okay. That's usually a good idea. Well, that, and then I like put the the artwork is in. Re- it's really protected. Mm. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Yes, I'm eagerly oh, um... waiting every, every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's um, coming, John. It's coming. No, 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 no. But I, I mean, I'm just happy to be able to get anything because I was like, man, I wish I could go to this con. That's super you know? nice of you. Um, so that was really nice of you to to even do that because I know what it's like. You've got. All the stuff that you're trying to get signed, you've got everything, you know, your yeah. stuff that you're trying to get. Plus, you've got your kid there and, you know, you're trying to manage all that. And then you've got Matt there, too. And I'm, I can only imagine what that's like. So anyway, I appreciate you taking some time out to grab some of my yeah, stuff no there, too. I got your old man uh, Skywalker, too. Got the old man Skywalker. Oh, you did, Wes, uh, from uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. That yeah. was something that I really wanted. So uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, he's one of my favorite artists right now. And he does this Old Man Skywalker comic where it's kind of like Old Man Logan okay. or whatever. All right. But he only sells it at conventions. That's the only way you can get it. You can't buy it online or anything like that. So I really wanted one of those. Thank you so much. Wow, oh, that's, that's really so sweet. Cool. Very cool. What about you, Danielle? Anything that you're seeing and you're saying right now? What am now? I seeing? What am I saying? Um, kind of zoning out a lot. We finished <laughs> Justice League. We finished Justice League of yes, America. Yes, we finished Justice League unlimited oh is the name of that is show the, okay um have you seen that mark uh no i haven't no i haven't seen that either what this is the no, neither of it. you have seen jail you <laughs> no. ridiculous it's pretty good i think it holds up pretty well it does yeah yeah um i had a lot of questions about the ending though i was like what happened what are you talking about that was a great ending it was a good ending but i also like it felt like there was going to be something else after no that's the whole point is you leave it knowing that they have greater adventures ahead. You can't wrap up something like that. Oh, okay. I was like, it felt like it was setting up this whole thing that yeah, nothing happened. But what would... Anyway, anyway, it was good. I want to make sure, because you guys started without me, so I don't know what you have and haven't talked about yet. Did you end up mentioning Matt's pictures that he drew? So I can give you my take on it, because he was <laughs> like... Because we're at the con, right? And um, a, a lot of the booths that we went to, he would be like, do you know Mark Tweedell? And he'd be like, I'm friends with Mark Tweedell. <laughs> that's what he would say. Mark and then later he was like, I'm going to, I'll, I'm going to do this comic as a sorry to Mark. Cause I told everybody that I was friends with, I was best friends with Mark <laughs> Amazing. And, and I need to say, I'm sorry to Mark. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> 
It was good though, because I got to talk to Colin Bond later and he was like, hey, met Matt Strackbine. Oh, nice. Okay. Aww, friendship. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, what do you say? What do you see? Uh, the Sixth Gun Kickstarter is happening at the moment. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Colin Bunn and uh, Brian Hurt. If you haven't read the series before, they're releasing the entire series in hardcover omnibuses at the moment. Uh, so that's ah. all 66 issues of The Sixth Gun, um, plus the Shadow Road spinoff. And they're going to do a couple of like one-shot short stories set after the end that are going to be setting up the next phase of everything they haven't revealed the title yet but now they're calling it the sixth gun reborn but you know yeah reborn there's more it's coming in 2025 and we'll find out the title at a later date okay yeah it's it's awesome i'm ridiculously excited for it because the sixth (laughs) gun is one of my all-time favorites it has one of the best endings of any media i've ever read oh wow i gotta check this out they sat on it for seven years because they specifically were like we have this ending. We like this ending. We're never returning to, you know, like that specific part of the, that, that universe, unless we oh, can wow. do something better. And then like all of a sudden, like the two of them started chatting very re- like, Oh my God, this is actually going to make the original even better. Wow. So they're pretty okay. excited about it. Nice. So what is the Kickstarter for? Is it for the, the hardcover omnibuses that collects everything that exists so far? Oh, okay. So someone like me could do that and yeah. get caught up on everything like that. Yeah, you'd get everything. You'd get all of the comics. You'd get the prose stories that um, Cullen Bunn wrote. You'd get like a little short Christmas story that appeared. Um, it won't have the extras that were in the deluxe editions, like, you know, the behind the scenes material, but all the story stuff is, will be in them. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that out. Thank you, Mark. Um, oh, so I forgot to mention we had one of our audio clips. We had someone send an audio clip. Wonderful. Yeah, we Excellent. heard from Robert Newham. Robert Newham. That's yes. right. Hey, you damn guys. This is Robert Newham. Now, I'm not really a Marvel and DC reader, but I absolutely agree with you on Justice League Unlimited. It is tremendous fun. So is most of the DC animated universe, for that matter. When I'm watching through it and the original series, there are only three episodes that I actively dread, and those are Fury Part 2, the episode where Hawkman first appears, (laughs) and the episode where Supergirl leaves for stupid reasons. I had a lot of questions about that. For me, it all ranges from enjoyable to amazing. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, DC, if you're listening... Please release Static Shock and the Zeta Project on Blu-ray. Right. Thank you, Robert. That was so cool. Incredible potential to be a voice actor. Yeah, I like that. Wow. That was a great voice. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, really? Audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> I could listen to him talk about anything. We're going to have more. We'll have another one next week. I'm See, so excited. I'm your biggest oh. fan. Yeah, so we'll have another yeah. one. Um, Sorry. But, but <laughs> I haven't... Now, I haven't seen Static Shock, or what was the other one that he mentioned? The Zeta Project? What are those? Are those other DC animated? Yeah, Static Shock is a superhero with lightning powers. Okay, yeah. No, I do know Static Shock. Oh, okay. I've never seen it, though. Oh, okay. And then the other one, Zeta Project, is that? I haven't seen that. I don't okay. know. I wonder if that's another DC thing. But we did also start, so we finished Justice League, and we started watching the Superman animated series, because I'd never seen that. And it's it's a similar it's a similar type of thing. You know, no, like, kind of like Batman the animated series. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I, I I thought it was pretty cool. And I want to get to those Bizarro episodes that Hayden mentioned. There's a couple of Bizarro episodes coming up. So. I did get to show you that it was funny why Lex Luthor was wearing 
this when he said I had to stop to get my power suit in the last episode of JLU. Yeah, why why refer- was he wearing okay. that? It's referencing the very first appearance of him in the animated Superman show, the yeah. Superman show. Yeah. He was wearing that. that was cool. So that I was like, oh, but is this the thing? And yeah. you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> this is nothing. Thank you, Robert. Yes, thank you. Excellent yeah. stuff. Because we mentioned the audiobook thing, we probably should mention the Hellboy audiobooks. Oh my god, I'm super excited well, about that. Audio dramas. Full they cast. Full yeah, audio dramas. Wait, wait, full cast audio dramas? What's happening? That yeah. are in continuity with the comics. What? Yeah. 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 They, like, they pick up where a comic left off, they go into a little trilogy, and then they'll weave back into the comics again. What? I know, I'm super excited for it. It's going to be, gonna be awesome. like uh, the special effects or the sound effects and Ooh. all that stuff, yeah. you know, apparently. Like, so, We'll have to, to talk about what? that at the the next you know book club. I say Hellboy book club, but yeah, that's a thing. I just yeah, just that's very exciting. About. That's really cool. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, that takes it to another level too, and I like that it, it like interweaves between the comics and stuff like that because it makes you yeah. want to go pick up what is gonna bookend it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Mark. While you're on here, Mark, I did want to talk about Black Hammer. Have you read that, Wes? At all? Have you read any of that? Yeah, yeah, I've read all pretty much all of Black Hammer. Oh, wow. Okay. So I read the first library edition and then the first world of Black Hammer library edition and the second one. And then uh, I just got the second world of, would that be the, in the right reading order, Mark, now that I have you on here? Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Yeah. So um, if you look in the back of the, that uh, most recent one you've got, it's probably got the reading order in the back of it. Okay. Um, I worked on that with uh, editor Daniel Chabon. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you're like the reading order guru. You like that's one of yeah. your like you've got a really good knack for that. There's a a guy called Julix. He's the the reading order master. Oh, okay. Well, I say that it's you, <laughs> and this is my podcast. <laughs> well, well um, he's listening to the uh, book club stuff at the moment, working his way through and catching up. Oh, but, nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. He's got book like reading orders for everything. Like he's got a. A document you go to with a spreadsheet that basically says okay what are you interested in you click on the thing you go there here's how to experience it wow awesome you'll have to send me a link for that and i'll uh, i'll put in the show notes whatever he has available yeah but i would like to i guess um it's one of those series that um i i would like to talk about but uh yeah. you would have to go through it like you know issue by issue yeah i feel like it has to kind of be arc by arc i think just because like there are certain things where it's like you know, at the end of a certain arc, something happens and you're just like, man, that, that turns the whole thing upside down in the best possible way. Yeah, it's really good. It's been really awesome so far. And there's been and you're coming up to some really good stuff. Oh, my God. You've got Tonchi Zhonyuk ahead of you. Oh, really cool. Yeah. And um, in the world of uh, the first world of Fumaro is in there, right? Yeah. Oh, such a good series. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend that. Maybe we can talk about it on a future episode. You guys should totally do Black Hammer. It's a lot, though. It is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's... And, and, you know, they had the whole thing where um, recently they were, you know, they've announced Black Hammer the end. Yeah, the end. end. Yeah, wrap it all up. And I love the way, like, Black... uh, Like, Dark Horse is going, you know, this is the end. This is the end. And then, like, if you're following Jeff Lemire's um, thing, he's like, this is, like, going to wrap everything up and set us up for the next stage. There you go, yeah. That's what it is. I don't... Whatever Jeff Lemire writes, I'll read it. Seriously, like, he's already been like, oh, man, I want to do a a Golden Gale, like, mini-series. And so, like, just knowing how excited he is about it, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. That's cool. He makes so much stuff. I don't know how he... 
he creates as much as he creates is unbelievable he works ridiculously ahead of schedule that's cool <laughs> yeah he writes like um so for example uh tenement uh issue one just came out right that's a uh 10 issue series for the bone orchard mythos at the moment the artist of that uh andrea sorrentino is currently working on the graphic novel after that he's at like page 40 or something because jeff lemire's scripts are that far ahead wow yeah that's that's the only way he probably he can work to have that much output right you've got to be the that far ahead yeah for him he says uh like he likes to get a decent chunk of each thing you know like if he was writing closer to his deadline he couldn't um you know spend a long time on each project because it'd be like oh the deadline for that one's approaching i'm gonna jump on that one he'd be jumping back and forth and he's like changing gears is what eats up the time by being very scheduled he can spend a long period of time in one place and then jump to the next one spend a long period of time in the next Hmm. nice awesome um yeah so uh hopefully we can come back to black hammer but i definitely recommend that i'm enjoying reading through it and i'll probably catch up on that soon so what would be the net what would be the next thing after world of two world of three then world of four okay got it Got it. I'll start looking for those because these hardcovers start going out of print, right? That's why you were like telling yeah, me you were so, like, "Hey, you should get this one soon because it's gonna it's about to go out." Yeah, uh, it, there's not going to be more printings of it after November. Wow, <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Yeah, they're bringing out the paperback omnibus once the paperback omnibus is there, the hardcovers are done. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, snatch those up. Check out Black Hammer. Now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And so now I'm going to release Danielle into the wild. Are you going to go out into the wild? I am. I'm going to, I'm going to go out into the wild. I've been rehabilitated (laughs) and I'm going to go into nature Yeah, where I belong with more of my kind. And uh, I'm going to rejoin goblin society. (laughs) So that's my society. Well, what did you say, Mark? I missed what you said. Peel some tape. (laughs) <laughs> i will i'm gonna peel up some tape in a satisfying manner yeah. with the slugs gonna, yeah what if you taught a slug to peel tape i'm gonna let you boys uh have fun are you referring to cheddar cheese the snail i think it would because be a really that is good a video. racist sir that's a slur no, it's not calling a snail so. a slug oh shoot you're right you can't I did do it. That. oh no you're canceled all right all right boys you have fun and uh, I'm so excited to listen to this later. This is going to be adorable. Okay, love you, bye. Hi. All right, this week we're starting the next omnibus of Baltimore, and we're going to be reading the story, The Witch of Harju. We got writers Mike Mignola and Christopher Goldenback, artist Pete Bergting. Bouting, yes. Bergting? I Bergting. think it's Bouting. Colorist Dave Stewart. Cover artists for at least the first issue is Ben Stenbeck. Did he do all of the covers? Uh, yeah, covers. he did all of the covers. I think I so, yeah. Um, once um, Peter Berting takes over. Cool. Yeah, this is the first time we see Peter Berting in, in the Baltimore universe, right? Or in the Outerverse? Yeah. Yes. Outerverse. Yeah, and, and, and I'm relatively new to his art because I haven't really read anything. Oh. Um, and I know that I know that he just like came out with this art book and everyone's kind of been raving about it. I definitely want to check it out, especially after reading these yeah. three issues. So, so yeah. Um, when that art book came out, I did a really big interview with him, and then I got to chatting to Matt Smith, who is a huge Peter Berting fan, and the two of us got together and we did an interview where instead of talking to Matt Smith about his work, we decided we'd talk to Matt Smith about Peter Berting's work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that, yeah. It was, I, it I was think, a lot of fun, I... actually, and I, I want to do it again with other artists. 
like I, I need to find someone to to sit down with me and talk about uh Lawrence Campbell's work because oh my god there's so yeah. much that I want to dig into yeah that would be great awesome yeah but I was really blown away by his art I was really excited to get into this and be able to see what everyone's been talking about so I don't know. I pulled the covers for for the issues. Oh, the publication date on the first issue was July thirtieth, twenty fourteen. I only pulled the first issue. The, in the omnibus, we get a nice intro from Christopher Golden. The cover you get you get the crow framed above the coffin with Willem dead in the grave. I assume it's Willem. It's interesting that it's the crow in the scene when later we see it's the it's a cat. Right, but I think it turns into a crow later or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I looked up Harju and the best thing I could find for Harju was Harju County, which is part of Estonia. Oh, right. And this does take place in Estonia. Yeah. And they speak Estonian. Harju means brush mane of an animal, crest of a bird, or the top of a mountain. Okay. So... Um, it, I guess all those different qualities could be called Harju. That's really interesting considering like the, you know, the shape shifting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. All right. We op- haven't read this issue yet. <laughs> you haven't read this issue yet? No, no. I mean, I've read it a long time ago. I haven't read it in prefer- uh, in preparation. I was going to read it like, you know, Monday or something. <laughs> We're just going to wing it. Here we go. You ready for this, Mark? I'm winging it. <laughs> all right. We open up February 2nd, 1920. This is three months after the events of uh, the Chapel of Bones. Oh, okay. And then, like, I, I was going to mention, you know, at the end of Chapel of Bones, we got, like, this little epilogue where it kind of showed them they were, like, getting a team together and stuff like that. We saw Baltimore with Childress, right, getting ready to, like, have some adventures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so this is before the epilogue, but after Chapel of Bones. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is fun. So, we get some new characters in this, too. So, we open with, with a woman who's running... Um, she's running from a silhouette of, of somebody and then she stumbles up on a group of guys and they ask her if she's all right. It's the Baltimore bros. It's, it's the Baltimore bros. Yeah, we should totally call them the Baltimore bros. <laughs> so two of these faces we recognize. Well, actually, we don't see Baltimore right away. He's in the back, right? We get a silhouette, but we get. Oh, yeah. We get um, Childrish and then two new faces that and we'll find out who they are. I mean, I guess I could tell who they are. They're, it's Harish and, and Quigley. Right. They see a man running after her. Baltimore asks Thomas to stop him, which he replies gladly. And then we get a nice blam and a split sh- <laughs> shoots him through the top of his head. And we see the man that was chasing the woman take the bullet in the head and not go down and continue to pursue. And then we learn a little bit about Mr. Quigley, who's comforting the woman at the time and then sees that the man is continuing on says i've got this probably not the best thing to do here yeah so clearly this is like some sort of zombie monster guy we get a little banter back and forth between baltimore and thomas some monster grabs quigley and we hear the women scream no vellum the monster man oh right that's the name of the monster right so she knows who he is yeah she knows who he is there's a lot of graphic in this one because quigley is struggling with vellum i don't know there's this part where He's like, he's too strong, like right before he snaps his neck. Yeah, like, and then crushes he his skull. I know, like, I don't know, just that moment of realization that he's, I don't know. It was like, ugh, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, it's pretty, pretty gruesome. This is definitely a gruesome uh, issue. <laughs> yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> Baltimore has already pulled out his saber, runs to Vellum and runs him through as Thomas fires another shot at him. We go, swack, blam. The man in the head wrap who we know to be Harish, asks what sort of demon this is. The woman replies, he's just a man. 
And then Baltimore says, we know this not to be true. So they all have to kind of team up here, but he gets away in the end, right? Yeah. Um, they kind of like do their best. She, oh, well, she runs in and whacks him across yeah, the head. Yeah, she takes right? like, so a post, kind of... like a post from the fence and cracks him over the head skull. Yeah. That's a really good shot. I like that. I mean, we get a little, we get an origin story of Sophia. This is awesome. Is this your first time, like, you know, you've, like the, the show when you read this, John, was this your first time reading this story? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I haven't read a head on Baltimore. So oh. I've just been kind of like um, going along with the podcast, I guess, you know, and trying to read other stuff like Black Hammer or whatever. But yeah, no. So I'm just going along. I've only read these three issues from this second omnibus so far. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. That's what I was saying. This is this is Mark, one of Mark's favorite characters, right? At least you've said that in an article before. Yeah. Well, it's just like you, the second omnibus it like it's such a change in tone for the series too 100 percent. you know like okay it's like book one this is the story of baltimore then it's like book two this is the story of baltimore and his crew yeah i do like that and it seemed like the first omnibus was a lot of like pairing him up with people and there was so much potential then i think we even talked about it on the episodes like you know when is he going to get a crew together we want we, we like him in these relationships with people yeah so um, I, I do like that that's the result. Yeah, you know? it's an ensemble book now. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, so for Quigley here, who just got like <laughs> totally got his head Yeah, crushed. he's not part of the crew. He's not part of the bros. He's not part of the ensemble. He's not a Baltimore bro anymore. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, he still is. Yeah, he. In death, I'm sure he's I mean, even is. they definitely treat him as bro. They take, they, they definitely respect his battle. Right. And his sacrifice towards the war. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting that um, they kind of, I mean, it gets away and they're just like, I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of him. So Yeah, for sure. Um, I like Childress's, what he says too, at first you don't succeed and then he tries again, he shoots him in the head. Right, but it just keeps walking. So yeah, even, yeah, even then. then he gets up. Yeah, and Baltimore sort of is like, all right, stand down. Don't bother. You're wasting ammunition. He tells him that a couple times. I think um, Childress just likes shooting a gun. He's just like, woohoo. <laughs> What's that? um from Always Sunny or whatever, he's like, and then I came out blasting or whatever, <laughs> Danny DeVito. Anyway, anyway I started blasting. <laughs> bah, bah. But 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 you're right. You know, in the aftermath of all of this, we get an origin story of this of this uh, character that we've been introduced to, Sonia Valk. Um, I, I do want to talk about the the crew though. So we had Quigley. Who was the other guy? Harish. Is yeah, that his Harish. Name? And so we haven't seen him before, right? This is the first appearance of this guy too. Yeah. So Vellum runs off into the woods. And uh, Baltimore sends Thomas and Harish off to get a wagon from the village so that they can get Mr. Quigley back and give him a proper burial. He says he'll wait here with Sophia Valk. So he asks her why, how he, how she recognized the guy, right? How she knew his name. Yeah. And so she kind of gives the the backstory here. Her origin. right. She goes into her story about how yeah he died yesterday, and and I only wish he had stayed that way. And then we go into the origin story Jeez. of how they met. <laughs> yeah he wasn't a great husband was he no she says villain was not someone she would have chosen for a husband it was an arranged marriage because villain promised to take care of sophia's mother ah uh, okay when the plague came villain fell sick with the plague sophia did her wife wifely duties to try and get him healthy and when he got better she remembered how foolish she had been for praying for his survival and then yesterday she walked in and found him dead. And she wept with relief. <laughs> she wept oh, with relief, yeah. I thought I was free. 
now I fear I will never be. So like she's in the outskirts of the village, I guess. I don't I don't know. I was trying to figure out because it's like kind of like two different villages. Hmm. But as she's preparing her husband for burial, a black cat comes and she shoes it. I really like this visual of the cat uh, as it comes in. It really contrasts with like the rest of the color. The whole flashback has kind of like a brownish kind of like sepia tone that we've seen in some of the Hellboy stuff too. But um, that black cat is like, it's it's a really cool visual. Yeah, it's almost like a silhouette. Like there's a little bit of highlights, but it's pretty right. much a silhouette. The cat says bitch and then jumps out the window. In Estonian. In Estonian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. When I got to that panel, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. This is cool. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but this is awesome. I just like that it calls her a bitch. It's just like <laughs> bitch and then leaves. <laughs> That's it. And because of that, horrible things happen. <laughs> yeah, really. Really, because, because of she was that. like, get out of my house. I really love the way uh, Peter Bouting draws cats. Like, um, uh, there's another story, uh, Domovoy, that's got a cat in it. And it's just, I don't know, he's he's clearly got a lot of love for the creatures. Yeah, no, you can definitely see that as it kind of like slides across the floor and all that. You know, I mean, it's he's really yeah. got the musculature of the animal there. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, it's basically a silhouette, but you can still get a sense of that muscle moving under fur, you know, like, you yeah. get this, yeah, it's very, very good. It's definitely acting like a cat, it's got the physical mannerisms of a cat, for sure. Mm. Baltimore's like, the animal spoke to you, and she's like, yeah, it called me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just a bitch, that was it. <laughs> yeah. So then we see, we see um, Vellum get up, I don't know, he, like, crunches his flowers and then sits up. Sophia runs for it, right? And all of the women in the village run for it too. I mean, he like Willem rips the guy's arm off. I'm pretty yeah. sure he snaps a girl's neck. Like yeah. all in the same movement, he kills. T- like maybe he doesn't kill that guy. He probably bled out. But she tries to break a chair over his back, and then right. she hits the road running. She tells Baltimore that the women ran. Her and the women ran, and the men stayed at the village to stop him. And then he's like, uh, but somehow he still escaped all those people. And she's like, escaped them or murdered them. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then we see Harish come, come with the wagon, pick everybody up. So they load quickly in and they head to an inn in the main village. And the innkeeper won't let them bring the dead man in, gives them directions to an undertaker. Shop. So, um, all the plague stuff, right? Is that why? Because there's all the plague stuff. and Yeah, and I even wonder, like, is this the same plague? I mean, the plague is connected. Like, we thought the plague was connected with Hagus, but maybe it's just connected with the Red Death or, you know, or just plague comes with ancient monsters, maybe. I don't know. Because the, the witch comes the same time as the plague comes, it sounds like, in this story. Sorry, uh, yeah, you mean the um, the Red King? Yeah, the Red King. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. King. I mean, yeah. the Red Death is the plague. So it's like anybody who praises him also brings the Red Death because it's connected to the Red King. Mm. My understanding of it is um, at this particular point, the plague is, you know, still exists, but it's winding down now. Like okay, at okay. this point, um, but that's probably a discussion we should have when we're in the middle of the story. Ah, okay. That's fine. I mean, we know Willem survived the plague. He's a survivor of the plague. Mm. They bring their friend to the Undertaker's shop. Baltimore encourages Miss Valk to... It's interesting they... Or they at least wrote it as Miss Valk instead of Mrs. Valk. I don't know if that, you know, was intentional or what. But to sleep well, and she ensures him that 
she has endured a lot in her life and plans on surviving this as well. Yeah, she's a cool character, you know, from the mm-hmm. from the get-go. She's not really she goes for yeah, it. Yeah, she's a know? badass. She's smashing people across the head and stuff. You know, just thinking on the the whole like how the uh, Undertaker approached them bringing a body, I suddenly thought like, you know, if you had problems with the Red Plague, uh, sorry, with the Red Death for years on end, and you know, at this point, it stopped for what a few months. Do you think that you'd be like? Hey, yeah, no, everything's over now. It's all good. <laughs> no way. Right, right. <laughs> it's also probably the best paid job. It better be the best paid job. Yeah. Right. So he's going to be cautious in what he's doing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you totally be like, no, I'm, I'm still not trusting it. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust dead bodies. Get that body out of here for sure. He probably had some bad encounters over those years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe um some... um kites or whatever i I feel like you know the survivors (laughs) survived because they learned something and the the experience of learning wouldn't have been pleasant yeah no definitely not yeah it is cool that we sort of like we see this world as it's changing like the world changes Mm. the characters change the world changes like everything sort of evolves yeah all right so the three the three men childress baltimore and harris sit down with the innkeeper they basically go over why they were there a priest told them of witchcraft in this town and the innkeeper tells him that he is sorry that they have found what they are looking for and begins a story of his own about his nephew who went out in the woods on a hunt and in the woods his nephew kaylee found an altar and basically destroys it and then after destroying it returns home i like a crow call well that's like the cat right is that the equivalent of the you know it's kind of like the same thing yeah totally you got all those like um, those dolls up in the trees too. It's really a cool scene. Oh yeah, kind of reminds me of Blair Witch Project. You remember that movie? Yeah, I do. You know, I was actually really scared by that. Yeah, it was really a freaking movie. Yeah, because it was a documentary. <laughs> it was real. It did seem very real. I don't know. That was like, that was of its time. I don't know if that does that hold up. If people watch that today, is that scary at all? I, I doubt it. Like... Today, but I watched it much later <clears> just because I wasn't watching horror movies back when that came out. Yeah. But um, it, it worked when I saw it. Okay, interesting. Because I wonder with like all the TikTok stuff now or whatever, people would be like, oh, the Blair Witch, it's like it's like a Grimace shake or whatever. I drank a Grimace shake and I turned into the Blair Witch or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs, the way no one appreciates the autopsy scene. They don't kind of think, hey, wait a minute, back when this came out, this was like, you know, doing an autopsy scene was a major deal. Now it's like in yeah. crime scene shows. Yeah, all the right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's what the music would have been playing when you know, they bring in this body and the, they're looking doing the autopsy. Anyway, she's got something in her throat. <laughs> the his nephew explains how after he destroyed the altar when he went back home he felt an evil inside him um and then at first anything he ate tasted like dung i can't imagine going this is the worst curse ever anything he ate oh, drank God, or ate horrible. tastes like dung yeah i've never tasted dung but i don't want to um that's like the like you could do just a whole issue on that like no everything like you know i don't know that's like that's bad of in of itself you know without anything further happening yep and then he went blind and then he died in his sleep that night screaming. <laughs> God. God. Horrible. 
Wow. Uh, how are you screaming and sleeping and dying all at the same time? <laughs> possible. It, it like whenever I um like come across something like that, you know, that's to do with sleep, I immediately think like the reason they're doing it in their sleep is because whatever horror they're inflicting on that person is so bad they wouldn't be able to pull it off in physical reality. Yeah. Uh Okay, so they're like getting them in their dreams or whatever. Yeah, where they can take it to a whole other level. You somehow made it worse, Mark. It was already bad with the dung flavor, everything. Uh, it's very easy for me to do that because I have bad nightmares. <laughs> must read a lot of scary stories. No, I, I've always had bad nightmares, even as a kid. Oh, no. Yeah. It was funny. I got, um, Colin Bunn was like talking about like uh, how... Um, he does these like stories that, you know, like he tries to scare people and everything. And like, he, he brought up nightmares once and this was just on his discord channel. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I've had some nightmares that'd be worse. He's like, ah, oh, I doubt it. And then they're like, and I was like, Oh, okay. I'll tell you one. He's like, I wish you hadn't told me that. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I won't challenge you to yeah, that. No. You can go ahead and keep your stories to yourself. Uh, I will. <laughs> yeah, nightmares. I used to have nightmares when I was a kid too. I used mm. to have like vivid, like I would see skeletons in my room and I have like this fucking skeleton in my room and I would see them like lucid dreaming, see skeletons oh, yeah. in my room. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I saw a lot of skeletons as a kid too, but they were more likely to be friends. <laughs> These weren't friends. Oh. They were just, I don't even know why I was a kid. I don't even think they did anything. I don't know. Weird time being a kid. Yeah. So the, the innkeeper, I'll pick up the story again. The innkeeper tells, <laughs> tells them... <laughs> That there, I mean, we saw, well, it, earlier in the story, we saw marks all over the altar, red marks on the trees and stuff like that. Oh, right. The innkeeper tells the uh, Baltimore bros that the marks that <laughs> Kaylee found in the woods are now everywhere in the forest and the village. They're starting to pop everywhere. People talk of a witch of Harju, but only in whispers. So, and then we see a scene with Sophia. She's sleeping and then. Boo, a black cat pops up at the end of her bed. I was wondering about the um, the paintings and stuff like that. I was wondering if those were... I'm always looking at stuff like that. Is that just like a random, you know, knight that Berting drew in that painting? Or is that like an actual painting or a reference? I don't know. He, he probably has put references in here that I have been missing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then even on the next on the next page, there's there's another little painting there. And I'm like, ah, what is that? Is that something... I must know. Yeah, the guy with the cup and the halo around his head. Totally. Yeah. It's got to be something. There's an angel behind Baltimore, too, when he's watching over Sophia. It looks like. Oh, you're right. I, think, I would guess. What a great detail. I like that. I love that panel. And that's something that yeah. we haven't really talked about either. Um, Berting, I love how he draws Baltimore. Yeah, I like his Baltimore. There was a panel that we saw earlier, the one where he's telling the priest, uh, we've heard rumors of witchcraft in Harju. Like, his face just looks so weary and... He, you really get you really like get the sense of you know everything that he's been through and I don't know the expression on his face I, I just like all that the way he lights him in that panel is really cool yeah the grim Baltimore oh I had Mark Laszlo draw a Baltimore bust too I forgot to say that yeah oh send that to yeah. me so I can post it this yeah I'll send it yeah, to you. that's awesome. really cool I didn't even know what to expect Man. when I asked Mark do it he just home runs it every time Mark Laszlo just yeah. does, does a good job. That's awesome. But it's also, Man. Baltimore's reading like this book. I want to know what the symbol is on the front of his book. He's sucking on a lollipop before he goes to sleep. Or th is, that's not a cigarette? No, nah, it's definitely a cigarette. cigarette. It's definitely a cigarette. I'm just joking. <laughs>
Do you know what that symbol is, Mark? Or do you have any uh, idea what that book is that he would be reading there? No, I don't, unfortunately. Sorry. No, no, you're good. So then, so Baltimore follows Sophia back to her room and she goes to sleep and he sort of over, like oversees her as the sun comes yeah. up. Did we mention um, Sophia with the gun? Oh, yeah. It's Baltimore's watching pillow. over her with his gun. Yeah. And then they they pan over to her and she's not really asleep. She's got the gun. Yeah, yeah she's got a little she's revolver her under her pillow. I... She's holding really love the details of that sort of stuff all the way through this issue also this um arc where you know you can see that there's a fighter in her she's not content to be like protected she's you Mm. know like she's going to take action herself she's also kind of doing as she's told like more or less like she's she's like okay i'll do i'll I'll try and get some sleep but also like i'm gonna be prepared Mm. right yeah baltimore never sleeps man the sun comes up and they all, all of them gather together, decide to go ahead to Sophia's, like, the outskirts of the village, I guess, is where she lives. Yeah, that, that this is what you were talking about, right? They kind of had to head out from the city to get to her place. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think, like, you know, the thing you mentioned earlier about that being away, I think that's because, like, you know, she married this guy because she needed money, so she obviously married a guy who had a property. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. Well, there's other people that live in this area, right? Because they all get demolished by him. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you've got a property and you um, own that amount of land, you would have had um, people living on the land. Oh, people, yeah, people live there and work it and stuff like that. Yeah. You see that head? There's just a head upside down over there. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) I guess they came here also with soldiers or police? That's probably the local. Yeah, you can see them in the, they're in the wagon, I guess. Yeah, they're in the wagon. I didn't catch that. I'm just catching this right now for some reason. I never even caught it. Yeah, so they get to Sophia's house. And it smells like cat piss. Something marked this place as its territory, uh, Baltimore says. But I can promise you it wasn't a cat. And then we see the symbols in there. It's kind of cool. It looks like a bird lady. You know, the symbols. Right. Um, Yeah. They return to the town to question all the villagers about the witch. But no one will help them. Everybody sort of sends them off. Right. When they head back to the undertaker's shop, they find a cat sitting with the body of Mr. Quigley. I thought that was really creepy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. It was like, ah, uh, you know, it's there. Just like because that's what happened with the husband, mm-hmm. right? The cat was there and then he turned into this unstoppable killing machine. So it's like, oh, no, now they're going to turn Quigley into this thing, too. Yeah, I hope not. So we get issue number two. Issue number two is a pretty sweet cover. Another Stenbeck, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's um, Stenbeck all the way to the end now. This skull on the gravestone is a very, like, Mignola-type skull. Or it looks like something that we've seen on some Hellboy comics or something like that. It's like an air, like from an era of gravestones, right? I'm pretty sure. Right. It's uh, historical or something. But I guess I just associate it with the, with the Hellboy comics for some reason. Yeah, that's fair. And then we got the bells above the gravestones. Oh, yeah. What a great detail. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Baltimore and Harish go after the cat. Thomas questions Sophia if it's the same cat. She thinks it is. Or they chase it out into the street and the cat disappears quick. And Harish questions how a cat could have disappeared so fast. Baltimore says the proper question is whether it was a cat at all. Well, and then we see the bird flying away, right? So at this point, I think it's like transformed. Yeah into something else yeah we see that and um, yeah we can assume that they all talk and it, it is decided that they need to give quickly a proper burial asap this part i love the underkeeper explains because they want to get a priest and everything and the underkeeper explains they haven't had a priest since father andrus grew mushrooms out of his eyes <laughs> just like off the cuff makes this <laughs> 
like as if he said like we haven't had him since he went on vacation or something <laughs> yeah. right? and he's like oh yeah he got he's got those mushroom eyes eh yeah. <laughs> which i love so i'm not like what's it fungus grows there is a fungus that grows and we've talked about this before and you guys talked about it during um uh, when we read all the bprd books but there is fungus that grows in animals insects but it can't get to a certain temperature but here oh, this is obviously yeah. an evolved form of fungus that can grow in a human <laughs> out of right, the eyes. yeah yeah <laughs> messed up. he goes uh he he died of course they grew in his brain as well <laughs> yeah but even even that little expression that he gives it's very matter-of-factly you know what i mean it, it that is a little humorous moment i like that so they start talking about like maybe he won't like hopefully he stays asleep the underkeeper takes an opportunity to pitch a product and and says hey if you're worried about him not being truly dead why don't you bear him with one of these cool bells above we can get it hooked up and he yeah. does a little dingling <laughs> ding ding baltimore assures them that they will make sure mr quigley remains dead so i did i think we've talked about this before but a safety coffin or a security coffin was something that was common. And I forget when it was common. Like there was something going on in history where people. Yeah, it was the 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 cholera epidemics yeah, cholera. of the 19th century. Yeah, yeah. There was a big fear of being buried alive. Yeah, yeah. So they made these bells. I want. I'm. I'm I want. I imagine people probably rang them, right? Yeah, this is interesting. It also says I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It says there was also a bunch of literature, like the fall of the House of Usher and the cast of Amontillado. They all deal with like being buried alive and stuff like that. So it was like a, it was like in popular culture too, you know. So I wonder if that is a main reason too why people were so afraid of that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think they had like I remember seeing this on the History Channel or something like that, where they were talking about how people would die and then they'd be dug up later and you'd see scrapes on their oh like claw like marks and, and like, stuff right, well, like that right like dead. they had like, yeah yeah uh that's scary yeah all right safety coffins yeah safety coffins i'm gonna have one i'll have one of those <laughs> so they get quickly set up in his hearst they put him in a hearst and they hear a scream but it's just boys it's just boys thank god sophia says <laughs> And Baltimore's like, oh, I guess I'm not used to the screaming of boys anymore. Yeah. He kind of smiles right there. Is that a smile? Is that yeah, like I a think slight right. little smirk? I was like, huh. You know, that's interesting. He's like, it seems I'm unused to the sound of children playing. Yeah. And that was like right. one little reprieve, little sweet moment in, in this story that I liked. Yeah. I like to think it reminds him of the time when he was a kid, you know, before For sure. all of the, you know, that him getting sick and having those nightmares. But anyway, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Well, and Childress was his little buddy, right? So he's yeah. got Childress there too now. So that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like these kids mittens with the flowers on. Them. Oh yeah. That's a nice little detail. And then they get another scream. <laughs> that was no child. Sophia says. Let's no, see. that's um, Willem ripping off somebody's hand or something. Yeah. They go and check out the scene. Yeah, it's Willem. So he's decayed a lot, right? Willem is yeah, and we get like that uh, that red background of the panel, you know, is so striking as we cut over to that. Love, mm -hmm. I love it when that happens. And those, and he's like dragging entrails. He's grabbing some guy by his hair, I guess. He's just, or is it a lady? Uh, I think it's a lady. He's dragging some yeah. lady across. But everybody's there ready to fight him. Mm -hmm. Blades and guns aren't going to stop him, um, Sophia says. You've proven that already. Have you a better idea, Baltimore says? I may have that. And she stares at a little uh, gas lantern. Yeah, that's cool. 
um, the action on this is really, I mean, it, it, it's gruesome. It's one of those things where, I mean, obviously it's gruesome, but it's also, I don't know, it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoy, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, do you remember Abe Sapien, The Abyssal Plane? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit um, in some of the art style here with the monsters and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that. So the three the three guys square up. So they start shooting at him a lot. They put a lot of bullets into him. And, so and then I started blasting. Blam, 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 blam. And then I started blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. Wow. And Sophia, on instinct, just takes the lantern and throws it at Willem and sets him on fire. Well, I, I like this part because Childress says, we drove him off once, we'll just have to do it again. And she's like, no, I don't want to spend my days and nights dreading his return. Let's end it now. Yeah. You know, so, because she had talked about she was relieved that he had finally died. You know, he was such an abusive partner. So um, I like that too. Like, she's like, nope, not, I'm not going to keep doing this. <laughs> this is not yeah. going to keep happening. You guys are going to go off and do your adventure or whatever, and I'm going to be stuck having to you know, forever have this guy pursuing me. So let's just take care of it now. I love the the action too, as his like body on fire, you know, comes forward and then Baltimore just chops his head off. And then we see a creepy, weird green monster. <laughs> <laughs> From a, it's an alien. I love yeah. the look of this thing too. The yeah. design of it is really good as it pops out. It's like sniffing the air and stuff like yeah, that. That's it. so creepy. And it's like, it doesn't have any eyes either, or the eyes are all kind of like blacked out. Yeah, it's like sunken in, like it's like it's literal um, parasite, like it's a literal parasite. Right. Yeah. Something that has no place in this world. Baltimore says, right. "What is it?" <laughs> Sophia asks. So this one is vulnerable to the blade. He sticks his saber right through the top of the creature's head, and then they see the witch. It's her, Judah, the witch of Harju. And then she curses them, a curse upon you all who harm my children. You will die and new darkness will blossom within you. And then we so. get this fantastic transformation. Yeah, she starts to Oh, yeah. That's the image that we see. That's the red image that we see. Like her transforming yeah. into a bird. Like a bird lady. Oh, that's what it is. You're right. Oh, I totally didn't even make that connection. Yeah, I didn't want to get ahead of the story. So I just sort of stayed. Ah, okay. Yeah. But I, I love how her tattered robes become like the feathers and all that stuff. It's a mm. really cool, you know, I mean, for just occurring over a couple of panels, you really get the sense of how those things morph one into the other. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but like when I see this image, like just through Berting's art and the colors that um, Dave Stewart's done, like the feathers feel oily to me. Yeah. yeah. There's like some sort of like otherworldly or sinister thing going on with with that bird as well hmm. i also wanted to point out this one panel world where baltimore kicks the door in with the wooden leg i thought that oh, was yeah. so awesome <laughs> I was like, that is really cool i don't know if i've seen that before he kicks the door open using the wooden leg to kick it open yeah that's the that's way to awesome. do it yeah <clears throat> well i mean you think about it like he can probably pinpoint the locking mechanism like really well with the bottom of the leg or you know what i mean Mm. Like a little battering ram or something. Anyway, I thought that yeah. was super cool. <laughs> no, it's super cool. And there is lore about vampire ladies that turn into crows, right? That steal women, right? Steal babies, right. I mean. I'm trying to remember that lore, but I should have looked. I should have looked that one up. I just it just popped in my brain now. The witch must die. Baltimore says. We see the witch transform, and Harris exclaims, "Lord Baltimore, there, the blackbird! Damn it, the cat, and now a blackbird. True shape changing." Baltimore says, 
is the darkest of magic. I fear there is darker to come, says Hirsch. I like that detail that um, true shape-shifting, true shape-changing, what does that mean? Maybe like it's an illusion? Well, you know, like she's become a bird so completely she can fly. Yeah, she's she's physically a bird. It's not like she becomes a bird, but, you know, she's still human, so she can't fly. You know, like the the transformation is complete. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, she's truly shape-changing as opposed to like maybe like a an illusion or a vision maybe right okay baltimore says we must find the witch's clearing the place that innkeeper's son stumbled upon where she performs her rituals and it is here somewhere so it's interesting because when the and this could just be like baltimore forgot that it was the innkeeper's nephew not his son but he says his son here but in the story he says his nephew oh okay that happens yeah it happens i find it funny when um people pull things up like that as if that's a mistake but then like that's real life yeah it happens in real life all the time all the time yeah yeah. Um, but you know like you see things where um people will have like a thread somewhere where they're going oh this person said this event happened 20 years ago it happened 17 years ago and like yeah people do that like all the time close enough they they, they just randomly round to a an even number and those to a round number sorry right Yeah, and those facts don't matter. And the nephew could totally be the son in yeah, this small, sure. tiny village. <laughs> See, I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> I don't know. I just caught it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then we sort of jump into a conversation that Thomas Childress is having with Sophia. He goes, if you're certain, dot, dot, dot. So I don't know what she's saying, if you're certain. Oh, uh, that she wants to come along. Right. And she wants to come along to the graveyard. The undertaker asks if they are sure they want to go to the cemetery. So a difference between a cemetery and a graveyard, a cemetery is, and I think I said this before on the show, but a cemetery is not holy ground. I don't okay. think. Right. And a graveyard is holy ground. Yeah. The graveyard refers to a burial ground with a churchyard. Harris assures them that if he's buried in holy ground, the curse of the witch will be broken. I hope you're right. Sophia says Baltimore is perplexed by the town. So he's sort of, they get in the um, they get in the hearse and they talk and Baltimore's like I don't understand this town. What do you mean? Uh, Thomas says the boy there like everybody knows that there's a witch, but they just seem content and okay with right. the witch being there and continue to be there. And then we get a little story from the Undertaker. He explains that the the witch has been there since the plague. There were many grieving mothers, and this is like this is also pretty graphic. Like like and now I'm a dad and I'm watching like oh, this is the yeah. my worst nightmare. Um, right. Is this like the mushrooms in the eyes? Yeah. Yes. Right. So, they were talking about that earlier, so we kind of get yeah, to totally. see that. In, in case you, in case the the words weren't enough to paint that horrible picture, you get to see it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this plague, had, like, were they two different strands of plague? I was also wondering that. Like, obviously, they're both connected to the Red King. Right. And they're both the Red Plague, but this one has mushrooms growing out of people's heads and eyes. I think the Red Plague is uh, one of those things where it just it's the same root cause but it mutates along the way to, with whatever it interacts with it's like um back in the plague ships they had the bodies they um burned them then they ended up becoming this whole mushroom men colony on the island oh, oh yeah, yeah right. you're right yeah so it's not the first time the uh, plague has interacted with mushrooms that's for sure right yeah you're right sophia says you can't mean one of those grieving mothers is the witch there were many grieving mothers so the undertaker says so we get a scene where like the witches like we see a group of ladies in the woods they're setting up the altar. They're putting like stuff in the trees. They're setting up marks. They're cutting their hands and marking stuff with blood. Man, 
it's so incredibly cool going back and like reading this particular story just because like the stuff that's coming out in the outerverse now like we have a better understanding of the mechanics of this world like the underpinnings and it's like oh man you can see that's all there but anyway oh cool nice like the different groups of of people you're saying i'd be able to talk to you about it but i won't be able to talk about it in front of john yeah we'll yeah, talk about yeah. it another time no another spoilers time. wes i know i'm bad they make their way to the cemetery to to bury quickly we get a little ding ding baltimore goes do you hear? And then ding, 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 ding. All the bells start ringing in the graveyard because everybody in the graveyard's got those safe coffins. Man, I remember reading this as a, a single, because, you know, I like, was reviewing these at the time and getting to this section and waiting that month. And man, this was such a cool cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you see those like monsters coming out too, the ones yeah. that were like within the, yeah, those are super creepy. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to mention the uh, the hand with the eye on it. We kind of saw it in the town, and then mm-hmm. we see it here in the graveyard as well. It's like a universal sign of protection, right? Yeah, yeah, the warding symbol. The Hamza hand, I guess, is what it's referred to as most of the time. But anyway, oh, I just okay. wanted to point that out. Is there anything climbing out of a grave that's got that symbol on it? Because I don't think there is. Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. All the graves that they're emerging from are black. You're right. Yeah, that grave with the hand on it, there's nothing coming out of it. Okay, so Wes, when we do your safety coffin, we also you got to make sure that they put the hand on there too. Yeah, I need the hand with the eye. <laughs> that's what I need. I don't want to become a creepy green monster. <laughs> so and that's what, so the, all these corpses come out of the ground, for those who aren't looking at the book, all these corpses come out of the ground. That's what the dinging was. And then out of the corpses come these yeah you know crazy parasite green monsters i hate being right children says <laughs> that's good i imagine them almost like um like a gremlin type thing you know like uh in you know the special effects in gremlins how there's like the puppets but when they come out of the cocoons they're all like slimy and stuff yeah, they like that slime on I don't know. yeah 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 and they're moving like little tiny babies like all jerky yes yeah yeah i can totally see it really good art here Burting is doing an awesome job with all he's this really, really good gross stuff the natural world like yeah. as soon as you you put him in like a forest and all that kind of stuff it's just oh he goes to town i like this interaction with baltimore and sophia where he's like if you see a chance to run she goes i've done enough running and there's like a musical note above i don't know if yeah. that's what i guess just the bells it's the bells Opening up this issue three, there's a lot of this where Bertin kind of pulls back. He kind of shows us these like big kind of landscape shots. I want to say there was one in the last issue too. Those are really cool. It's really striking, you know, to kind of get yourself back into the the scene or whatever. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, it's super cool. And there's like a storm, like it's storm clouds, and the sky's bigger than this than the village. Yeah, and yeah, it's I like all like that. It's, it's small. It's like barely happening. You don't even know it's happening. So yeah, battle begins. Battle time. Yeah. Get behind me, old man, Childress says. I won't die, a coward, the Undertaker says. Ding, ding, ding. Man, that guy's ready to go, too. He's like, man. These are all survivors, man. These are all survivors. Like I said, he's he's an Undertaker. He's he's had this stuff happen. He's, He's seen some shit. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean. People are bringing him dead bodies and they're probably coming back to life. And he's like, dang it, yeah. not another one or whatever. I got to go take care of this At really this quick. At this point, he's been doing it for years and he's still doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I won't die a coward, he says. He's got a nice comeback to Childress. But yeah. then Sophia comes back with a better comeback. I'd prefer <laughs> we not die at all. <laughs> like Harris's creepy smile. Oh, man, revisiting this one, I'm getting a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway. But Thomas is there shooting his gun, and Baltimore's like, enough of shooting your gun, man. What are you doing? I told you. Yeah. Stop. We know bullets won't do anything. He's, like, he's told him several times. But I do like the action here where they're, like, running him through with the shovel heads. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're really fighting these guys. There's the, I like this one. There's a one frame where Baltimore has one of the green monsters like up in a saber in the sky. I don't know if you're in the omnibus. It's page 61. I like that one. Yeah, that's really cool. And at some point, we get we see the witch of Harju. This place is not for you. My children are born here. Their father is the king of the nightmares. He nourishes them. So I guess she's she's the mother that he's the father. So she cuts her hand and starts starts raining blood. She likes squirts the blood out of her hand and then all of a sudden yeah. it starts raining blood. Oh yeah. Super cool. And just changes the entire palette. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, the whole background and everything. And I love the the streaks of red, you know, coming down in the subsequent panels. It's really um it's gross. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. I don't like this. Baltimore dons his game face. And starts going after the witch. Thomas asks, where are you going, Henry, to stop this? Sophia says, without him, we're sure to die. And Childress says, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. At this point, Childress has has, has seen some shit, too, with Baltimore. And he's like, okay. He's doing his yeah, Baltimore totally. thing now. And I love all these, like, all these battle scenes. I love it. Baltimore running. He's got the red rain on his face. The battle ensues back. Yeah, that panel right there where he like he arrives at the at the altar and he's like, Show yourself, come and kill me if you can. Like that's incredible, you know, the way um Berting and Dave Stewart have combined forces to kind of create yeah. this image. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. The really awesome. the um the frame with Baltimore about to walk into the tomb, the underground like broken tomb with his yeah his jacket in the wind and the rain coming down. Yeah, it feels Super very cool. cinematic. Yeah got harpoon on his back two other things who knows ready <laughs> yeah so so he walks up to this tomb walks into the tomb i mean that whole page is beautiful mm-hmm. yeah and, and and i like this you know mark you were talking about the colors so the the issue starts off with the storm kind of background then we when the blood starts that changes it and then when he goes into the in this underground it kind of changes it again yeah. You know, you get you get all these different kind of temperatures throughout this issue. I like that. It keeps it really interesting. This is this uh tomb is kind of like the the Chapel of Bones. It seems it gives those same vibes. Yeah. yeah. It's those lines all around like, you know, all in like I love the way out, you know, whenever you see these uh Chapel of Bone type things, like the lines made by the bones in the background, they look really good when they go um they're going into shadows. Like so you can see it on page 66 in the omnibus. When like you can just see those lines in there, just it's a really cool texture mm-hmm. to add to the flags. Yeah, it's awesome. It does remind me of that, but I feel like that was more bones, and this is like roots or something. But it's still got that same, you know, like whatever's possessed by the Red King or whatever, whatever forces like they all kind of align the same way, no matter what materials are being used or whatever. Oh, well, it's know. it's definitely a chapel of bones because when you get to sixty seven and look at the top, it's bones. Yeah. Oh, it like is a hand there. Yeah. And oh, you're right. It's, it's another dang. Um, which uh, you remember in the novel how you um, got to that section where Baltimore goes to that village or whatever with the the heart soup and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was another like you know like they were starting a chapel there and st- you know like you, they had a bone like structure. The one they go into in London in Chapel of Bones. That's like a fully like like it's probably the most progressed one we've seen. Right, right. But 
I guess that is a symptom of it too. They're these chapel of bones, or you know, people are possessed to make them or yeah. whatever. I like that. So well, we creepy. walk in on her talking to the Red King, or she refers to him as the King of Nightmares. So, like, clearly he's talking to them in their right. head, and it seems like artists are people that are more in tune with. I don't know that you can hear more. Right. Yeah. It was the artist in the Chapel of Bones, and here it's this witch. So she tells Baltimore, he saw your face. Whatever god you worship, he cannot help you here. Cocoon! We get the thunder from outside. He remembers you. It's so creepy. And then we get that skull with the crown on it, the red skull with the crown on it. I love that. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah, what great imagery. I remember him as well. He's not afraid. She like bumps over a table. What are you? Something he's never seen before. That's a good face of Baltimore, too. Those sunken eyes. So yeah. then she has the hand with that eye on it. Is that like the Red King's eye or something like that? Or I don't know. Is that like part of him or is that just part of her magic? Well, I think she went li- deliberately fled to the um, chapel because she'd been seen. They were, and it like here she is stronger. Like she says, um, um, you know, we're not alone. Right. The, the implication definitely yeah, is there else, is, yeah. if the Red King isn't fully aware, then, you know, at least his strength is there and, th- and yeah. surging through her. Yeah. Yep. We are not alone here, Hollow Man. I like how she re- refers to him as a Hollow Man. He is with me. Right, because, I mean, at the end of the first omnibus and at the end of the first book, I mean, he takes his heart out and plops it on the table or whatever, thunks it on the table, a big piece of metal. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they knock over whatever altar she has there with the red skull with the crown on it and crashes to the floor. She turns into a crow and flies out of the tomb. Plant a thousand seeds, he says. I will not allow them to grow, is what Baltimore says. She's flying away, and he uses Saber to cut that, the Red King doll, like the doll that is the Red King. Right. It's like she had some sort of, like, um, version of him, or, yeah, like yeah, almost like doll, a voodoo doll, or some sort of representation of him made out of, like, straw or sticks or whatever. And when Baltimore slashes it, it looks like it catches yeah, it totally on fire. Yeah, like catches on fire. And then she yeah. starts turning from a crow back into a human and starts falling out of the sky. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like crack as she falls through the trees. Oh. So doing that kind of took her powers or diminished her ability. That's how I read it as. And she even asks, what has he done? She says, yeah. and he chases, he's mm. out of the tomb, chasing her down, running after her. She hisses. She tries to transform again. It doesn't seem to work. I don't understand. She says, and then she runs off. I guess she throws something at him or she does something. Because he goes, damn it. She, she do like some magic in a tree. Oh, right. Yeah. She takes like something. I think she liked, yeah, she took something and threw it at him or made yeah. something fall on him. But as like he's chasing her out and then again, it pulls out, you know what I mean? Really far out. I just love all that. It's very cinematic. And I mean, you mm-hmm. just feel like she has oh, no chance. Scared. You know what I mean? It, it, it reminds me of uh, when you watch those nature videos and like a jaguar is like, chasing a goat through the mountains or something like that you know what i mean like you just get yeah. that sense of impending doom you know what i mean she she's gonna be caught by him eventually yeah totally yeah. and i like that uh, in that panel that you're talking about there like the way her clothes are billowing and hairs billowing the water crashing up on the rocks and everything i love that all that stuff without any sound effects evokes sound mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like yeah you can hear the sound you can hear the stillness of her being like i've got nowhere to run and you know like and all those sounds around it yeah yeah it really captures it right there you know um i guess that's what i was getting at really well done i love that 
Mm. Yeah. And you can tell this storm is raging. And she's afraid. You can see the fear in her eyes and like all these panels. And then he he catches up with her. She pulls out a knife. She cuts her hand. She threatens him. There's darkness in me still enough to drown you. The world will be as once it was. It will be his. And we've seen flashbacks of what the world was like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he just chops her hand right off. She's cutting her hand to do something with that. I guess like something with her power. Yeah. And then he chops off her. I love that. That's a great response to that. Really cool. Literally cutting her off from her power. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. So, like, the eye in her hand could be the Red King. So, it's like her blood, but the Red King is the blood that's in her hand as an eye. Like, being able to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. What do you think right. about that, Mark? What do you think about that, John? <laughs> this is so hard to talk about when I know John I know. has a red brother. I mean, I... <laughs> but well, it's I... like, the pre- like, because she cuts her hand, and then mm. in the next panel, we see that her hand is an eye like where she cut it it's an eye and we saw that earlier too so like doing the blood makes him aware like yeah connected to the blood exactly i feel like she's doing something there where she's like summoning him or calling to him or tapping into his power his essence or something like that so when baltimore cuts off her hand well first he did it by destroying that doll or whatever trying to Mm -hmm. cut her off there and then I guess she still had like a seed of it in her hand or whatever. So then he cuts that off too. Um, yeah. That, that's kind of how I, how I took all that. Thunk. Splish. That was enough to do her in. I mean, she doesn't look alive. So maybe severing the connection with the Red King kills her too. Obviously she drowns. Yeah. And as she drowns, the storm sort of settles. At least it feels that way, right? Like the, the, mm-hmm. the water drops start to space out more. It seems like the wind kind of dies down. Well, the you waves even see like the die down. The vertical strokes of blood that are going down become blue kind of water strokes instead of blood or whatever. Yeah. 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 But you know, like the magic is passed in that it's like literally not even blood anymore because when we get back to the, the graveyard and there's pools on the ground, those pools aren't blood anymore. Like oh, yeah, right. just regular water. It's, it's, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, super cool. Poor man, Childress says, this wasn't his fight. You are wrong, Mr. Childress. And they're talking about The Undertaker. It was Pavo's, now we get his name, it was Pavo's fight. As much as it was yours, as much as it is mine. That's what Sophia says. Putting everything into context, it's everybody's fight. Well, and that's kind of what Baltimore was hinting at earlier, right? Where he was like, why do all these people just let this happen? You know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that Sophia is kind of responding to that where she's like, okay, this is all of our fights. And so he had a stake in it too. Yeah, totally. And then we see Baltimore's silhouette. That's a cool little panel too. Yeah. I do believe she is dead, but the darkness from which she drew her power, that is not easily destroyed. Sophia talks about it being the root of her magic. And he says, no, it's more of the thing the root fed from. Yes, exactly. It's tapping into a well. Mm. Yeah. It reminds me of that story in the book, this monster on the surface of the water, but really it was something down below that was like fishing for people or I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's more. There's more there. So they go on and bury Quigley finally. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were going to do initially. So that's right? They, yeah. That's what they got there to do. And uh, they say a word about him as a soldier and the battle he fought in on, in an unexpected war. Well, and, and, and I do like this because, you know, we joke about the Baltimore bros and all that, but like he does have a connection with people. And I think like in the first omnibus, 
he was all, oh, I'm just, a, I'm a loner and I can only be on my own. But um, I like seeing him with his team and they do truly care about each other. Like, you know, it, it was all this stuff that they had to do. They still are like, this is an important thing that we have to finish. We, we still have to bury him and do like a little ceremony for our bro. Yeah, I'm glad they gave him his burial. So then they go back to the town because Baltimore wants to question the, the ladies of the town again. He knocks on one of the red hand doors who are protected, I guess, from the witch. Yeah. I know that Harju had more than one witch. Close the door and come inside, the older woman says to her daughter, I presume it's her daughter. They tell him that they all were tired of the plague and wanted to get rid of the plague. But Judah had worshipped something older than the gods and they ask him to leave. And he goes, if Judah comes back, you send word for me and I'll come back. And and the younger of the girls says, I hope to never see either of you again. And shuts the door. Thunk. We get a cool image of a fish eating the hand with the... Yeah, we see the hand at the bottom. So it's still alive. It's still looking around down there. Maybe it's going to get the fish. And there's going to be <laughs> an evil fish that's going to pop out and call somebody a bitch. <laughs> In Estonian. It's the hand from Evil Dead. That whole conversation he has with the the witch there and how we've seen that that hand, you know, like on the gravestones, not, no one came out of those graves and everything. This is all tapping into some world building that we don't, we're not really aware that uh, Christopher Gold is doing yet. But Ah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know, and I feel so stupid. This just occurred to me. The symbol of protection is a hand with an eye on it and then we literally have a hand with an eye on it in the story too yeah so i just uh, i just put that together like they really they're like look if you haven't put this together by now we're gonna put a panel right next to each other so that way you can get that message so it worked for me thank you the uh baltimore bros head back to the inn and talk to the innkeeper he's he's sorry to see them go baltimore's like you're the only one that feels that way buddy you can be part of the bros now. You're part of the bros. <laughs> Sophia decides to join the gang. She wants to be a part of what's going on. She wants to fight. She's not going to hang out with her cousin. Yeah. And Harish gives her a sword. He's like, if you're if you're going to be with us, you know, be be armed. Be a soldier. Must be armed. She thanks you, and she thanks them all. She says, mm-hmm. and then it shows shows the crew walking out of the town with the wind blowing. And the people with the crosses and the crows in the background. Well, are, are yeah. the people driving them out of town? Like, Maybe. could be. Yeah, um, I I definitely think there's that aspect of they just do not trust these outsiders. You know, yeah. they're likely to say that uh, everything that was stirred up when these strangers came, rather than these strangers came because things got stirred up. Exactly, like they just saved all these people from yeah. that witch, and now they're being driven out of town. You know, I think that that's a really interesting way to end this. Is like, you know, they're they're not the heroes, or they're not seen as that, but that's not why they do it. You know, mm. or, right? On the surface, it almost looks like they're like, it looks like one of those scenes, like the parade, and they're cheering for them and stuff like that. But it's the opposite of of that. Mm. Yeah. So I um I really enjoyed that, and I, I guess I, I I don't know if this is a, a spoiler, but but I do know that this character Sophia is Lady Baltimore essentially, right? I mean, she oh, she you know goes it. on you to, knew it. to to. I do know that already. There's that, a lot that, more that to it is, than that. Um, yeah. 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 I do like this character and with the ending of it, her becoming part of the crew, I'm just like, okay, I like this, you know, I I like that this character is going to come along with them and, you know, become a a part of the larger story. Yeah. Yeah. They got their like post-apocalyptic garb on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. 
It also introduces um, Harish, who is another of my favorite characters. He's really cool. I guess, like, and that's another thing, you know, similar to, like, the Hellboy series. Like, you don't know who's going to die, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they introduce this guy, Quigley, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, they got, that. that's for you, Mark. They put that guy in there. For, they're like, they're, we got to get the Australian guy or whatever. <laughs> and then they kill him in the first thing. It's like, ah, so, what's yeah, going to um, happen? You can definitely see how they did that early on just to be like, okay, we've got a big cast. We're going to kill off this one guy early on just to let you know that none of them are safe. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think you that know, was like, a message. Yeah, yeah, and that like because it is a big cast going into these books. It's really interesting to see how it changes the focus from just like you know so very narrowly focused on Baltimore and maybe the one other person he's with in that story to okay now it's a a whole bunch of people to manage and um, yeah it does that so well like like this is honestly my favorite stuff. It's like when the like I enjoyed Baltimore before, um, but like the group dynamic was just very appealing to me so i really clicked with this stuff yeah and and i feel like they could have just been doing the same thing but that's not interesting you know what i mean like it's i think it's it's cool and it's also risky to you know take a take this title and then just kind of change it up a little bit or change but yeah that kind of keeps it fresh and keeps it interesting and i like that i mean mm-hmm. i'm excited to see i'm excited to see him interact with his ensemble and all that stuff because for me those were the best parts of the first omnibus were yeah the scenes with him and hodge and the scenes with him and the the guys from the novel and all yeah. that kind of stuff so. and you're gonna see like also how like because you know when he interacted with hodge in um the curse bells as much fun as that was it was i'm meeting hodge for the first time i don't know you so there's no history there now yeah. he's going to be interacting with people with history and each one of them has a different relationship with him and, and different relationships with each other and you know so there's that aspect that comes into it a lot more like um there was definitely an element of like a monster of the week almost with that that first half because it's like oh yeah it's mm-hmm. the same baltimore we've always known known going right. to a new place but you don't need to remember any of those people because guess what they're not going to be in the next one you know yeah yeah you know how there's a, a gap between um the infernal train and um Chapel of Bones of several years, the big gap that you guys were asking about. Yeah, it was like a two-year gap. Yeah. In broad strokes, that two-year gap was basically in the Infernal Train, he finds out about the other vampire priests. Like he knew there were other kites, but this is the first time he's like properly confronted with like not just the the undead that sort of the vampires that are created by Hagus, but like actual priests like Hagus. Mm. You know, in the book, they have that whole thing where, like, they have the heart soup made and everything, and, and, like, the whole reason that's a thing and why you haven't seen that with other vampires is because he didn't just kill a vampire. He killed a vampire priest. You know, mm-hmm. this is, like, oh, the, okay. the the ones that, like, the the red plague stems from their power. So he's killing them off one by one and curing it. So by the time he gets to H- um, Hagus in Chapel of Bones, he's killed all them. This, he's the last one left. And at oh. this point, he's basically, like, going... Once he's dead, this thing's done. I'm I'm done. Whatever has made me into this thing, that's, right. uh, you know, like uh, my duty will be done. I can finally die. Um, that's what that and like you know. So it's kind of, I think part of the reason why he wanted them to read his journal, especially that bit about the heart soup, was just like just in case he's wrong and he missed one. Right. You know, sure, he's like yeah. letting them know what they've got to do, what they're up against. Gotcha. I love that. That's great. The arc there I find really fascinating, though, because if you go back to, um, like, it's something you get a little bit in the book, but not really, uh, but they dig into in the comics much more, is that 
like the the Baltimore we see in the the uh, novel, because you're hearing about him from other people, you sort of hear about this terrible thing that happened to him, and then he started hunting um, vampires. Then he shows up at the end and saves the day. You get this story in the journal where he saves this town and you know gives them the heart broth and all that sort of stuff, and he he comes off as a very helpful heroic figure in that particular case like he's stoic but he's helping these people yeah whereas you can't contrast that to uh who you meet all the way back in the plague ships and he's like you know there's these things attacking the town and he's like yeah i killed them because they got in my way he wasn't trying to help the town yeah it's like yeah he's not trying to help anyone he's just after Hagus, and he does he does not try to help anyone in that first story then you get to the curse spells and that town is in trouble because there's vampire nuns and Hitler and there's curse bells that are going <laughs> to ring and destroy the town. And he doesn't help them. He's just so like set on his own thing. And it's only like when he's really pushed that he finally does try to stop the curse right. bells. But by that point, it's too late. The entire town is damned. And, you know, that's something that's there. So the next oh, it's like weighs on his up, shoulders. Yeah. And so then you get to Dr. Lescovar's remedy. And in that one, he really wants to go after Hagus and he's, you know, he's got those kids with him and everything. And there's a line in there where it's like, I can't remember what he says, but it's something where he's like, damn it. I really don't want to care about this. You know, like he's got that right. kind of like, he, he, you, you finally get the sense of there is a conscience telling him that this is what he's got to do. And he's fighting with it. And that carries all the way over to the uh, infernal engine where he throws himself fully into stopping those, that train. That's the first time when he fully commits to like, you know what, I have to do this. Right. And from like, and then they kind of skip over like the years of him just like kind of mechanically going through, just doing basically like he's got a checklist of like, these are all the things I've got to do before I can kill Haggis. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so that's what we skipped over, but that's what those two years were. Okay. Ah, that's awesome. Great insight there. Yeah. I, never, I didn't think about the town that died or got cursed by the bells that were basically dead yeah you know, yeah being like his uncle ben or whatever yeah uh when yeah. stacy well there's the, also the uh aspect in the novel um you'll note that they don't say Hagus. um that's something that comes up in the right uh, yeah. in the comic but um when they do need to refer to him there's a they say oh he's the vampire that he calls the red king he mm. thinks Hagus is the red king Oh, when he goes okay. up and kills Hagus and that painting moves for the first time, he's been after the Red King all this time, and now he's realizing Hagus was just the high priest above all the other vampire priests, and now he's got the Red King to deal with. Right. Yep. Awesome. See, this is this is great. I'm so glad you were able to join us, Mark, because that was incredibly insightful for you to kind of like yeah, break all great. that down for us. Awesome. Yeah. So well, it, it, that, that, like, I kind of wanted to bring that up with you because I thought, like, you know, you'd you might've got even more of it because I feel like there's probably stuff there that I'm missing, you know? Mm. I don't think so. I think you got all of it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Checking out. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple cool things in the sketchbook section, you know, in the omnibus section, it's all kind of combined together. So I just tried to look at this first part of it. But one thing I thought was cool is those creatures that come out of the dead. They were, they're sketched by Mignola. So there's some cool Mignola sketches of those like creatures with the sunken in eyes and all that stuff. Those like mm. gremlin looking dudes. The sketchbook section is so great. Yeah. Bergting's sketches of the witch are fucking awesome. They're so cool. I'm going to have to post these on the social yeah. media so you can check these out. Um, There's also the, um, the page that he did the like the test page. 
Oh yeah, I'm just looking at this. That is awesome. It's just like a yeah. just a random. I wonder if they would. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can tell me this later. But they should like incorporate this into something or figure out how to <laughs> how to put this in somewhere. I think he was still figuring out the character at that point, and like especially with the whole him running across the roof thing, it really feels like he was looking at. Um, the early you know the first issue of the plague ships and that yeah. whole sequence that the book opens with and kind of riffing on that when he was doing this i love that it's so cool like there's this old lady with the <laughs> with her big like hat and all that stuff oh that's so cool yeah i love that but yeah that's uh the that arc was actually uh one of my favorites and the uh, whole run just it's so great to go back and revisit it and kind of see how much more was there that i didn't see before because like I... you know even after you finish Baltimore, you'll get into other stuff later on and that'll change the way you read this. Right. Awesome. Yeah. I feel still like, um, I still feel like I'm just on the tip of the iceberg with a lot of this stuff too. So I'm just enjoying mm-hmm. it as it's unfolding, but awesome. Glad to know there's so much more to unpack here. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Wes, for taking us through that issue and thanks for joining us. And man, thanks Mark for joining us and uh, jumping in in the middle of the podcast and, uh, interrupting your morning yeah that's all right <laughs> um it was one of those days i had free uh anyway awesome well i really appreciate it that was a great episode thank you so much to our guest host for filling in and helping us out this week that was a lot of fun and next week we'll be over at the hellboy book club doing an episode over there so i hope you guys will jump over there and check us out and we'll be back here in two weeks and now wes is gonna say all the things all right everybody that was another great episode of baltimore we want to hear what you think so send us a hey you damn guys to book club members at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at book club member comics and on twitter at book club members you can find all our links on our podbean website and link trees on social media as well as special thank you for paul from gardaharn for the listener feedback themes. Thank you, Thank Paul. you, Only Beast. <laughs> Thank you, Only Beast, for the show themes. Thank you, Ross Radke and Matt Strackbine for our logo and social media banner. Thanks, guys. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, give us a five-star review. Every little bit helps. If you like what you hear, tell a friend and have them join the book club. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> Next week, the book club gang will have a special guest on the Hellboy Book Club podcast where they discuss British Paranormal Society, Time Out of Mind. Yes, really excited for that. That'll be a lot of fun. So you know what to do. Dig out those back issues. Get the digitals, (laughs) the hardcovers, or check out your local library and join us over there at the Hellboy Book Club. And in two weeks, back here at Book Club Member Comics for the epic conclusion of All-Star Superman. Yes. That was awesome, Wes. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Did I sound like Aubrey? That was for you, Aubrey. (laughs) Hope you feel better, buddy. Really good. (laughs) It was so awesome that you did that. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a creepy, shape-shifting witch. And I'm Wes Matthias saying there are only so many ways to kill a man. Yes! Yes! Awesome! (laughs) 